Hey, welcome to Chaos in the Attic. I'm your host, Noor. I'm here to share all things that go on in my head, from thoughts to my opinions on things that I feel should be talked about and things that are just not addressed at all. I know we all have thoughts that we feel are not discussed, and I'm here to hopefully express some of those thoughts that you're having. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's get chaotic. Hello, hello, and welcome to Chaos in the Attic, or welcome back to Chaos in the Attic. I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, well, surrounded by all the love, wonders, and magic that life has to offer. Happy full moon and lunar eclipse. If you are listening to this on the 16th of May, 2022, I hope that you find time today to just really get in touch with yourself. See what's calling, being called to release and things that you know you might want to bring to a close. But this episode, I have a very, very, very special guest on, Ava Joanna. Ava is the oh-so-inspiring and motivating. Ava is the founder of Academy of Breath, an international breathwork and meditation school that focuses on making embodiment practices as part of your natural flow through life, helping you and others around the world. Her goal is to connect modern science with the mysticism of life. We talk all about her journey and life story as to how she became who she is and where she is right now, becoming more aligned with yourself and facing your fears and coming back to yourself when everything may be in the unknown, in the chaos of life, and how to release stress with a special quick preview of what working with breathwork or in the Academy of Breath would look like. So when I say this episode, I is just so motivating, like I truly at the end of it was just like oh wow I really needed that I needed that more than I thought I did and I felt so uplifted in fact it just gave me the courage and the confidence that I needed in the day I recorded this and it just I mean in general it just I keep going back to the words that Ava speaks through this episode and constantly just truly finding pure joy and enlightenment from her words and her story and yeah I'm just so sure that you're going to find something to take away from this episode so just sit back relax or move do whatever you're doing and enjoy this podcast Well, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Like, I'm very, very excited to connect and talk to you. Um, I want to ask you, because I know that you're in Costa Rica, and I know that you tend to travel a lot. I mean, I feel like you do. Um, Out of all the places that you've been traveling to or that you have recently been to, where have you felt the um, the most homey type of vibes, I guess? Such a good question. You know, when I first started traveling in this like season, in this iteration, it was in September of 2021. And I took a trip by myself out to Austin, Texas. And it was just for a week, but I fell in love with Austin. And it was just such a 
nourishing place for my nervous system, for my spirit, for my heart. I loved that the city was so close to nature, but there was so much going on and the people were so cool there. And I just felt like I was instantly home. And so it's funny because I'm actually this week closing on a house in Austin. Um, and so after that week, I went back and spent two extra months in Austin and just absolutely fell in love with it and decided to buy a house out there. Um, but recently I've been spending a lot of time in Mexico and now Costa Rica. And I feel like Kind of every place that I go to feels a little bit like home or like I leave a little bit of myself in each of those places. Um, so Austin definitely feels like the most home, but I've had incredible experiences in all of the places that I've been to recently. Yeah, I think that's really special, like to find little pieces of yourself in like each place. And especially um, I feel like nowadays everyone's moving to Austin and yeah. <laughs> which is yeah i i'm i'm really curious i've never been but i do want to definitely take a trip there soon um well i want to ask you how's your attic your headspace how has that been in this current phase of your life or this season mm. of your life yeah you know honestly it's been really challenging uh this is the first house that i have ever like gone through the process of buying and doing it on my own so you learn so many things through the process and there are so many just obstacles and opportunities really is how I've been trying to look at it that have been coming up throughout this process that I just never would have known right and so really what I've been anchoring into throughout this entire experience and moving cross country and also being out of the country while doing all of this is that everything is figure outable and that even if plan A, plan B, plan C all burn to the ground, you still have plans D through Z and you can figure it out. And I think that that has been one of the biggest lessons that I've really learned throughout this experience and also had to like consistently come back to whenever something comes up and I'm like, why is this happening? Or why wasn't this worked out? Or why are they just telling me this now? And a lot of the victim mentality can come up in these experiences when you're like, I'm doing my part, I'm showing up, I'm giving all that I can. And yet there's still these obstacles that are coming up. And what I think has helped me the most is just knowing that first and foremost, it's all for me and that it's calling me into a higher caliber of the woman that I know that I'm here to be. And that again, everything is figure outable. So even if something doesn't work or it feels like something isn't working, there's another solution available to me. I love that. I really resonate with that. Um, especially now, like I'm kind of going through some type of a similar situation of like finding new places to move into. And it is just like having that trust, I guess, that even though it seems like everything's all over the place, just having that trust that things will somehow work out and that I can only do the best that I can do in each moment. But I mean, for you to get into that state of being, um, I've, I've heard your story and I've listened to your story and read your story. Your, and I'm, I'm curious, I mean, if you're comfortable sharing it, I would love for you to hear it from you and how your story has... I guess, allowed you to reach this place and in what other ways has your story, I guess, helped you dive deep into your spirituality and your inner being? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So for those that don't know me, um, 
first. Hi, I'm Ava. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was a teenager, my mom and my sister and I were homeless. Um, You know, we were on food stamps. My mom would go to the church every other weekend to pick up groceries to be able to feed us. We didn't know sometimes where we were going to sleep at night. We would couch surf from family members to um, friends of my mom to our neighbors even. And that entire experience was obviously incredibly traumatic as a teenager to not have that foundation of, okay, the security of like, I know that I have a roof over my head and I'll be safe and I know where I'm going to sleep at night. But the other thing that it did was really light a fire inside of me to decide that I wasn't going to settle for that and that my life was going to be so much more than just that experience. Um, So... I took that experience and really let it create momentum for me in being unstoppable in really going after the things that I wanted. First and foremost, the thing that I wanted the most was security and safety and knowing that like I can take care of myself. And so what that usually looked like was having money, right? Having a stable job. Um, throughout my twenties, I worked in the digital marketing space. I, um, managed several agencies. I worked as a project manager. I kind of had my hand in a lot of different pots and learned a lot about marketing and business. And after a couple years of doing that, I was like, you know what? I want to do this for myself. I want to be my own boss. I want to have autonomy with my schedule. And so I took the resiliency, I would say, of being homeless and climbing my way out of that paired with the experience of working in the marketing space and built my own business and started helping yoga teachers and wellness professionals with the online marketing space and really teaching them how to show up, how to use social media, how to leverage all of these different aspects of the online world to be able to get their mission and their big heart and their visions out to the people that need their work most. And so I think that experience really created this layer of resiliency this layer of, um, you know, having this fire within me and like a passion to really be able to create what I wanted to create. And throughout this journey, the way that I've seen it is that it's just proof for other people. Like it doesn't matter where you start out. We all, the playing field is not level. And I, I recognize that. And even being homeless at, as a teenager, I still recognize my privilege as a white woman and the playing field is not level at all. And there is always a way. And like, I know that my journey has been proof for many, many people that have either experienced the same thing or different flavors of a similar thing um, to help them understand and see bigger than where their life might be and begin to choose upgraded perspectives, upgraded actions, upgraded views upon life for themselves so that they can create whatever they want, whether it be in their business, their relationship, their home environment. Um, And so it's been a wild journey and it's really like required me to unpack so many of the beliefs and a lot of, you know, the, the, the stories and the, the mental aspects of who I was when I was a teenager and even who I was in my early twenties to be able to create the business that I have, but it's so worth it because for me, this life is all about seeing how beautiful and expansive and magical and like how much we can actually create as these divine beings and human bodies in this, in this lifetime experience. I think that's so beautiful. And 
I just find your story just very inspirational and encouraging, if anything. And it just really allows, um, I mean, it really allows us to expand on like our ideas and our perception of life and where we currently are at. And that, yeah, there is so much more to it than just whatever we are currently struggling with. And that there is a light at the end of the tunnel in a sense. And it's just about, yeah, like really showing up for ourselves and I think it's really beautiful how you've created um, just this whole life for yourself through that and that you've, you're encouraging others to do the same. Yeah, it's just, I, like, I want to ask you, like, what are the gifts and the lessons that you've learned through your experience? Yeah, I mean, thank you. I appreciate you um, sharing that reflection with me. It means a lot. And, you know, that's why I share my story. That's why I do the work that I do, because I do want to inspire and motivate others to be able to create what they want to create in their life or in their business. I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned throughout this whole journey is that in order to live the life that we desire, or again, if you have a business or your own business or a podcast, in order to like find the success that we desire to create what we want to create, it takes a level of knowing how to lead yourself and really leading yourself to the destination, leading yourself towards the desire, leading yourself towards the goal. No one else is going to lead you. And we can sit back and wait and, and you know, I, I obviously meditate and breathe every single day. It's, it's what I do. You can sit back and do that every single day. But if you're not getting up and taking action upon the things that you're being guided to do or guided where you're guided to go, then you're not leading yourself and you're never going to get where you desire to go. And so there's, there's this blend, right, of like not only believing in yourself, but like acting upon that belief. And I think that that's been um, something that has kind of always been ingrained in me is like show up and like move your feet, move your feet towards in the direction of the thing that you want most. And you're either going to get knocked down and get back up or you're going to succeed, but you always have the option to get back up. You can always get back up. And, um, it's something that I work with my clients a lot because a lot of individuals, when they first start out, whether it be a creative project or their business or even a relationship, it's like the moment that something challenging comes up, well, I guess this isn't right for me. I guess I'm not supposed to be doing this. I guess this person isn't right for me. And that's just not simply how life goes. We get knocked down. We learn lessons so that we can grow, so that we can evolve. We're here to learn, to grow, to evolve, to expand. And if everything is just easy breezy all the time, we're not actually growing as individuals. And so I think for anybody listening, if you are in the beginning stages or the middle stages or advanced and wherever you're at, know that like the challenges and the obstacles that come up are never meaning, they never mean anything about what's possible for you. They're simply opportunities for you to call yourself higher. And um, it's a hard lesson to learn because it's really easy to get discouraged, especially when we live in an age where we only see people's highlights. It can be super easy to get discouraged and say, okay, well, everything's working out for this person and everything's working out for this person. Why isn't it working out for me? I've been trying just as hard. I've been working at this for so long. And if that's where you're at right now, just know that like you are not alone in experiencing obstacles and challenges. 
I experienced over this past year my own dark night of the soul and my business and my purpose and like an existential crisis where I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Where am I? Who am I? Like, does any of this matter? And I'm six years into my business, right? You would think that I'd have it all figured out and have like a direct, clear path forward. But I talk to entrepreneurs and, and friends all the time that are in a similar space or even further beyond me and have had their businesses for longer, been doing this work for longer. And they're like, yeah, life is cyclical. Life is cyclical and you're going to have down moments. It's not about having the down moment. It's about how you pick yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%. It's definitely just constantly reminding yourself of that and like showing up for yourself. And it's, it's hard to get to that place. So in saying that, what are like what are the healing modalities that you had to do or that you have experienced or tried out for you to reach this place and what was the one that I guess most resonated with you and stuck with you yeah Yeah. so I think it's like taking it from multiple aspects right we can't only focus on the body we can't only focus on the mind can't only focus on the spirit you want to focus on all three really and so I always know if I'm like not moving my body, but I'm like meditating constantly and like doing like energetic work that like my invitation there is to like move my body a little bit, like go surf or go for a run or work out or dance around the house. That's just to like help get into my body. Um, so it's going to look different for everybody, right? Like there's no one size fits all approach to any type of healing. What has worked for me again is looking at it as how can I nourish my mind? How can I nourish my body? And how can I nourish my spirit or my energy? And so for mind, meditation, journaling, um, prayer, for body, for me the biggest right now is surfing, dancing, like any, any way that I can move my body. And for spirit and energy, it's breath, right? Pranayama is, is extension of life force. Prana is our, is our energy, right, that moves through and around all things. Prana is the building block of life. And so when we use tools like breath work, we're working with our energy. We're moving stagnant old energy. We're helping to clear things up, to shake things up, to help release old blocks. And so those are really the main tools that I use, meditation, um, right now surfing, and, and breath work. Um, and prayer. And I will say that when I was in the very beginning stages, though, it was therapy, it was um, massage and body work, it was, um, it was, it was Reiki and, and working with like intuitives and, and mentors. And so throughout my journey, it's kind of shifted and changed. And again, it's because as we grow as we evolve our needs and and what works best for us also grows and evolves so it's also okay to switch things up and to notice if maybe something's not working as well as it used to and to just get curious with like okay well what could I do to nourish my body what could I do to nourish my mind what could I do to nourish my spirit and my energy if this thing that I was doing isn't necessarily having the same effect that it used to yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. I think that it is important to just go with the flow. And instead of like chasing, the, I guess, like the the healing modality or the healing 
thing that's going to like be like whether it's meditation or something like yoga like instead of just going after that because after a while if that's no longer working for you and it starts to actually deplete you if anything then there's no point of doing that so instead it's like I guess what is going to make you feel the way that you want to feel and going after that rather than the one thing that is supposed to make you feel that way if yeah if that makes sense yeah totally totally there's this book that I read at the like very beginning of my personal development journey called the code of the extraordinary mind and he talks about end goals versus means goals and so uh, means goals might be I'm going to go to the yoga studio four times a week and practice yoga the end goal would be, I really want to feel connected to my body. I want to be grounded in my body. I want to feel safe in my body. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel like I'm nourishing my body. And so the means, it's just a means to an end, right? We can use yoga as that vehicle to get there. But if yoga stops being that for our, for us, then when we're just forcing ourselves to do that, we're actually creating even more separation from the end goal that we actually have. And so um, I really like to get curious with specific like more like surface level goals like and that could be again going to yoga four times a week it could be I want to make a certain amount of money or it could be I want to have x amount of people listening to my podcast you know um I get curious with those because underneath all of those more surface level goals there's something deeper that I'm actually searching for and the hack with this is that when we actually give ourselves that thing that's deeper that we desire, the means goal, the surface level goal actually comes to us faster because we're already in the vibration of that thing. Yeah, I, I can, I feel that for myself, even like I do notice that when I am, instead of like focusing on the smaller actions or like just looking at the end goal, or not really the end goal, but the thing that I'm, I'm wanting to receive or achieve I I get there faster and I feel more in flow with myself and it's just yeah it's a it feels good internally and externally both ways um but I want to ask you what was the mental shift that really triggered you to even take that notice that this is I want more for myself because I feel like it's so easy to just talk about like the in-between but what exactly was the trigger point that was like okay I this is not what I'm doing right now isn't right and or isn't serving me and I want more yeah um there were a couple different moments that I can remember off the top of my head where it was like a aha moment of course there were moments that led up to it I remember the first before I started working in the marketing space and, and, and working for different corporations and startups, I was working in restaurants. And I remember sitting in my car, like in the sweltering heat in San Diego over the summer, I worked at this Italian restaurant. Um, oh gosh, I'm so hungry for Italian food now, just thinking about it. Um, and I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, you know what, mom, I feel like I'm just in this rinse and repeat cycle and I just don't feel like life is supposed to be this way. I don't like this. Like this, this doesn't feel right. I don't want to just like wake up and have the same exact routine every single day. This, this just doesn't feel right. And so from there, I then got curious of like, okay, well, how could I create a little bit of a different, like, how could I create more freedom for myself then? So I'm not stuck in this routine. And I knew that working as a hostess in a restaurant, I I wasn't making very much money. I was paying my rent and like barely getting by. I literally had to go to the um, money tree to get a payday advance every month so that I could pay for a portion of my rent. 
um, I was still like really struggling. And so then just that curiosity of how can I create more freedom in my life actually opened up my mind to start looking out for opportunities to create more freedom. So there's something really powerful that happens when you start asking smart questions, when you start asking questions that will actually create more solutions instead of keep you at this dead end. And the reason being is that the moment that you start asking those questions, your brain actually wants to go and confirm whatever you might believe. So if I start to say something along the lines of, you know what, I think that there's an opportunity for me to create more freedom in my life. How can I create more freedom in my life? The brain literally has this beautiful intelligent system inside of it that will then start to search for opportunities of freedom. So asking really powerful questions, I think is a really important piece of like starting to create that change in your life versus I could have just been like, you know what? I'm in this rinse and repeat cycle. I hate this. I can't believe this is life. Like I, I just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't like this, right? That doesn't leave any room for any anything to come in. It's just negative and it's a dead end. Um, so that was the first time. And then the second time I remember I was working my corporate job and I was miserable. I hated it. And there were so many moments where I did have that kind of dead end thinking of like, well, I guess this is all that there is. You just clock in nine to five, Monday through Friday. The weekends are for partying and hanging out and living your life. But every other day in between, you're miserable. And I remember getting a promotion um, from the, the job I was at and like seeing my future flash before my eyes because my boss was the one giving me the promotion. They were always stressed out and miserable. I saw their boss. They were always stressed out and miserable. I saw the CEO of the company. They were stressed out and miserable. And again, I was on the phone with my mom. We're on the phone together a lot. Um, and I was like, I don't think that there's any amount of money on a paycheck that's ever going to make me happy. So I need to go find that happiness elsewhere. And once again, it was, how can I find that happiness elsewhere if money's not going to be the thing? Um, and both of those moments were kind of those intuitive, I would say, like aha moments of like, wait a second, there's something more here that just simply opened the door for me to start paying attention to what that more might be. Yeah, I I feel like it's people that those questions that we need to ask ourselves and that may just come to us like naturally throughout our life um, through different things. Um, I just feel like sometimes it can be really scary to get into that zone or to really allow yourself to think about those questions and to explore them, whether it's fear or you f or people just find that it's easier to just stay in what they're currently doing when in reality it's kind of like ironic it's just that if you actually went and you did that thing that you feared that exploration of those thoughts and searched for more you would find that that's actually the easier path because you're easing your life and in a sense you're easing your your spirit your soul and yeah i it is, it's like an, I guess, like an important thing to recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is scary. It's, without a doubt, it's scary. You are never going to stop doing scary things if you are committed to a life of growth, if you're committed to a life of, like, really letting yourself have the things that you want. You are going to constantly be confronted with scary situations. 
But just because it's scary doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing it. It's just an unknown, right? It's a it's a new door that we have yet to walk beyond. And once you walk beyond it, you'll realize, oh, that wasn't actually so bad. It's like when you jump in the pool on a hot day and you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so cold. And then you actually jump in and you're like, this is actually so refreshing. Expanding your comfort zone is the same exact way. And fear, I think something that's always really stuck with me is that you have to make your why around like why you actually want the thing that you want bigger than the fear. Because once your why is bigger than the fear, it doesn't matter. That's true. That's, I feel like that is when my why is bigger than my fear, that is the most motivating thing. And that definitely is what gets me to do the thing that I'm fearing most. And then and saying that also breath work is definitely one of those things that really helps me power through different fears or different traumas and different experiences and kind of going back to breath work um i've recently well a couple months ago have experienced like i guess a traumatic event and the only thing that helped me move through it was breath work and really honing in on that practice so i kind of wanted to ask you why why breath work and why was that i guess why is breath work so important yeah i mean there's so many styles of breath work so the question why breath work can go in so many different directions you know as you shared it's an incredible tool for processing and healing and moving through trauma um it also offers you so many physiological benefits as well as mental and spiritual benefits. You know, I kind of already talked about this idea of prana and energy moving throughout our body and being able to really clear and create space where we might have stagnant or blocked energy. Um, on a mental level, when we're practicing breath work, when we're practicing tools like meditation, these practices are actually altering our brain structure. I mean, the amazing thing about breathwork and meditation is that it's becoming more and more studied. And so we're seeing so much research come out about how important it is to have a more conscious relationship with your breath and with your mind. Breath itself is connected to our autonomic nervous system, which is our automatic nervous system, meaning it's involuntary. It does its thing without us having to think about it or worry about it. Um, and that's been developed and evolved over years to keep us safe um, as human beings and keep us alive. And what's cool about the breath is that it's involuntary, meaning that we don't have to focus on it, but it's also voluntary, meaning that when we do focus on it, we can actually take control of our bodies and our body's functions. Everything from the way that stress is released, hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, to hormones like dopamine and serotonin, our happy hormones, the feel-good chemicals, um, to our immune system, to our fertility, our, um, our ability to re respond instead of react, all the way down to our subconscious mind. Um, so being able to rewire the mind and subconscious beliefs and childhood beliefs or anything that maybe identities that we've held on to from our past. It could be something as simple as being reprimanded on the playground when you were seven years old. You can use the breath to create enough safety in your body to be able to reprogram that feeling of now it's not safe for me to be seen or now it's not safe for me to speak my truth. So 
the breath is incredibly powerful in such a spectrum because we have everything from calming practices that create that safety to more arousing practices that actually increase performance, that allow us to meet the daily challenges of life um, and stress with um, precision and with and with intention and, and with focus. And so for me, it seems like such a no-brainer for everybody to have a breathwork practice. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a holotropic breath practice or a transformational breath practice. It doesn't have to be Wim Hof. It doesn't have to be the pranayama styles that I teach. The beauty is that, again, there are so many different styles. So the way that I approach breathwork is by really tuning in on a day-to-day -day basis and just seeing what I need most. Do I need a practice that's going to be more energizing today? Do I need a practice that's going to be more calming today? What am I going through in my life that the breath can support me in? And again, coming back to this idea of like, there's no one size fits all approach to wellness or to healing. There's no one size fits all approach to breath work either. And that's why it's so powerful to understand all the different techniques that you can use so that you can really utilize it as medicine for your mind, for your body, for your spirit. Yeah, I and I just think that yeah, it's definitely a no-brainer because like breath is the first thing we do when we come into this world and the last thing we do into this world and yet it is the thing that we take most for granted because like you said, we don't think about it. It's just it's a thing that just does its thing. And what I really love is that through practicing breath work, you're taking recognition of like respecting that thing that is taking care of you and in literally keeping you alive and keeping you grounded and it's just yeah when you are practicing it and you are tuning back into it it's like bringing yourself back home to yourself and yeah just appreciating that gift that it is like I do believe that our breath is just like that natural gift because without it we wouldn't be here yeah so. yeah absolutely I mean it is such a gift to start working with your breath and it's so empowering i work with individuals that struggle with anxiety that have um, compromised immune systems i work with ceos i work with teachers i work with stay-at-home moms and it doesn't matter who you are what you are where you come from we all have access to work with our breath in a way that supports us in a way that helps heal us helps nourish us helps get us to where we want to go and it really has just become my mission over the past few years to make breathwork as accessible as possible so that more people can really experience the magic that is this this tool that we have yeah um i feel like at least in my own experience with breathwork when i first was introduced to it or when i first wanted to practice it more and, and implement it to, implement it into my life I found that a lot of what was being preached online was very dogmatic and it was just very like this is the way to do it and there's no other way if you don't follow my exact strategy of breath work which made me very hesitant to approach breath work and I know that a lot of people feel very intimidated by breath work because of that because of like certain certain people online whether however they're they decide to approach it or just the idea the concept of breathwork of sitting with yourself and like doing x y and z so i wanted to ask you like what are your i guess strategies or how would you encourage someone to get into breathwork and and 
how can they implement it in a way that feels less um, daunting and just like more at ease and comfortable for them? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the advice that I give all of my students that go through the Academy of Breath, um, which is my 12-week certification program, is first, again, first and foremost, create a strong why. So when you think about incorporating the practice of breathwork into your life, don't just do it because we're sitting here having this conversation telling you that breathwork is amazing and incredible and it's going to change your life. Like, Figure out why you really want to bring this practice in so that you have a little bit more intention behind it. That intention is, again, going to help you when the resistance does come up, when you're like, I don't want to sit down, I don't want to do this. Um, the other piece is, yes, there are absolutely people that are incredibly dogmatic online that are going to say this way or the highway. Um, and that's been around since the beginning of time, right? That's, we see it in every religion. We see it everywhere. And if that feels not good to you, find somebody else. Search for search the hashtag breathwork on Instagram. You know, look check it, check out my work. I have a six module course that's like a beginning introductory course um, that's available. I think for me again, coming back to this idea of having multiple techniques makes it a lot more intimidating because maybe one day you don't want to sit down and do a really intense energizing practice. You just want to put a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly and do um, a few rounds of Samavriti Pranayama, which is our equal ratio breath or our box breath. Um, These practices, again, make it more accessible so that it's not just one type of technique that I have to sit down for X amount of time every single day, but it could be like, oh, you know what? As I'm falling asleep, I'm gonna just hold my body and breathe into my belly, my rib cage, my chest. I'm gonna hold my breath at the top. I'm gonna exhale. I'm gonna hold my breath at the bottom. And I'm gonna do that for a couple rounds. And you know what? That's gonna be my breath work for the day. And the more that I get into just the consistent routine of bringing in little moments, the more that I'm gonna start to see the benefits of it. And once I start to see the proof, then my mind is going to get on board and then I'll be able to really develop a practice that's going to support me in getting wherever I want to go. Yeah. um, I want to ask, well, I want you to talk about the Academy of Breath and I want to know how you found it and what exactly you teach through it. And then I also want to ask um, in terms of like a quick, I guess, a quick one minute thing that just an easy way for someone to ease their way through breath work to just start with, like what would that look like? Yeah, so the first answer is um, around a breathwork practice that you can do. Again, what I just mentioned, box breath is incredibly easy. It's safe for anybody to do. It's my favorite practice to kind of give on podcasts just because I don't know who's listening. And like I mentioned earlier, the breath is medicine. And so certain practices are going to be contradictive for certain people. And so box breath is a really gentle practice that anyone can do. Um, you'll inhale through your nose into your belly, rib cage, and chest for a count of five. Hold your breath at the top for a count of five. Exhale all of your air for a count of five. Hold the breath at the bottom for a count of five. That's one single round. So five, 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 five. Five on your inhale, five at the hold, five on your exhale, five at the hold on the bottom, all in and out of your nose. That's the breath. And anyone can do it. You can do it when you're driving. You can do it when you're stressed out. You can do it when you're, I can do it on a call with you right now. Um, You can do it when you're about to fall asleep. It'll help you fall asleep, actually, because it is a parasympathetic activating practice, which means that it activates the the relaxation response in the body um, and kind of gets your body back into homeostasis, especially living in a very chronically stressed out world. This practice is like the golden nugget to help just keep you chill. 
So that's my favorite practice to do. And um, it's one of eight different techniques that we teach inside of the Academy of Breath. So moving into your second question, um, it's a 12-week breathwork and meditation certification program. It's all online. I created it back in 2020. Since then, we've certified and held space for over 350 students who have really expressed an interest in bringing breathwork and meditation into their businesses and into their lives. So a lot of people come in having already created um, momentum as healers or as teachers or as coaches and desire to add breathwork and meditation to whatever their core offering is um, as an additional tool to bring to their clients. And then we also have people that more for their personal practice go through the program. Um, but like I mentioned, we created a personal practice course for those people that are like, I don't really want to get certified, but I want to learn more about breath. Um, so the beauty of the Academy of Breath is that we really blend science and spirituality. We really maintain and, and um, honor the origi origination of breathwork and meditation and focus on teaching like the actual substance of breathwork and meditation without diluting it while at the same time pairing it with the neuroscience and and this and the um, actual research that has been conducted over the past 60 70 years to bridge the gap between science and spirit in addition to that we also teach business and so you're not only learning how to teach why you teach these things, the power of these different practices. There's eight different breathwork practices and three different meditation styles, but you're also now able to take everything that you've learned and create a successful business out of it. I had taken several trainings and certifications throughout the years and none of them ever really touched on, okay, now that you have all these tools, what do you do with it? And so having my background in business and marketing, I really wanted to create a certification that would be able to cover every aspect of what it means to not only be a powerful teacher, not only be embodied in your work, but also be able to create a successful and impactful business that serves you and serves the world. Um, so it's been such a joy to be able to um, support so many individuals across the world and um, we're not we're not stopping anytime soon we're just getting started I think that's just such a beautiful gift to give others and also just to share that with everyone and to have people experience that through everything that you have learned for yourself and just yeah helping others receive that I think is just such a beautiful thing and yeah I just really love that um, I want to ask, um, just like as a, I guess, do you mind if you if you can or if you want to, do you mind showing like a quick little sample of what that would look like? I mean, in terms of like doing breath work. Yeah, I mean, so again, the breath work practice that I just shared is definitely the go to for anybody who's just getting started. Um, so again, if you inhale through your nose and breathe into your belly, your rib cage, and your chest, then hold at the top. Then exhale all of your air for a count of five, four, three, two, one. At the bottom of your exhale, hold the breath. And again, inhale for five, belly, rib cage, chest, filling up the entire torso with air, hold at the top. Mm -hmm. 
Exhale through your nose for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom, we'll do one more. Okay, last time, inhale through your nose for five, four, three, two, one, hold. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one, hold. Good, take a deep breath in. And exhale to release. And that's it. Really I really simple. felt that. I really felt grounding. That. Yeah. I feel like I didn't notice, but my shoulders were tense and that just like immediately just gave me such a relief of just, yeah, I needed, I needed that more than yeah. I thought I did right now. Yeah. yeah. We hold so much tension and stress in our bodies. And I think the beauty again of the breath and just like finding stillness is that it's like, oh wait, I've been like really clenching right here. My, my palms are clenched or my jaws clenched and it's okay for me to relax. I can, I can let go right now. Um, because any signs of tension or clenching is like, that's us in a stress response and we don't want to be there. Our, we're meant to only be there for 10, 15, 20 minutes tops. And then to go back into homeostasis. Um, unfortunately, again, we live in a society where we're constantly being inundated by little stress triggers. And so the breath is really a way to combat this modern world that we live in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to say this, like, you truly do, like, radiate, like, the, I guess, like, such a calming energy, and just, you, I really do feel that you do practice what you preach, and that you are someone who is constantly showing up for themselves, and in saying that, I want to ask, how do you continue to show up for yourself during, like, chaotic moments, and during just the, the hustle and bustle of life? Yeah, I mean, I think because there's been so many, thank you first and foremost, um, I think there's been so many times where I haven't shown up for myself in crazy chaotic times and I've just like lost it that I've just learned, I've learned my lesson to now I'm like, Ava, you know what? Yeah, it's really stressful right now and you're traveling and it's exciting and like you could be doing all these different things, but sit your booty down and go meditate go do some breath work. You need it. If you don't do it, you will go crazy. You are hanging on by a thread right now. Like this will, <laughs> this will reattach a couple more threads for you. And so honestly, I think it's just been because I've had to learn my lesson because I've been stubborn and I've, and I've, and I've had, I've let resistance win and I've made excuses. And every time that I do, I'm always like, uh, okay, I, I need to get back to these things that I know are so good for me. Um, I think like to, to your point though, with like the breath and meditation, because I know so much of the science too, it's like, I know without, without a doubt that if I do sit down and do this practice, it's going to benefit me. Like on a neurological level, it's going to benefit me on a physiological level. It's going to benefit me. And so I just have so much, um, belief behind it that if I am experiencing like chaotic times, I know, okay, all I have to do is sit down for five minutes and I'm going to create a calming effect over my entire body and things will be good and I will be grounded and I will be able to look at the situation through a different lens. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I really do love that you do talk about the science part of it because 
if people don't resonate with the other side, like the more quote unquote side of, of like breath work or anything like that, then to go back to the science and that is like that can just give them enough motivation to go practice and to to understand, I guess, like that no, this is something that is actually benefiting me. Um, and I also do think that it's really important that to practice it even in time, like to stick with the practice, to be consistent with the practice, even in times that you are more uplifted. Because if we're just relying on these practices during those like more stressful times, we won't be able to show up for them because we haven't been consistent with them in the more positive or the more more uplifted states of our being. And yeah, like that's, I can go back to like the trauma experience that I've recently had. Like I know for a fact that if I was not consistent with my breath practice or with any of my practices before that, I would, I would probably have crumbled and just been, yeah, yeah it would not have been as easy not as easy but like just as um yeah there wouldn't be there would have been more stress for sure yeah totally I mean I think the the fun thing about it is like yeah if you're feeling good guess what you can stretch out that feeling even more why not like if you're already feeling good why not feel even better yeah um well I also want to ask I mean, how do you stay very centered and aligned with yourself and live this abundantly self, this abundant self that you are from within? Um, I think integrity, like I'm being honest with myself and being willing to like make hard choices in the times where I know like something's no longer in alignment. Um, you know, I was living in San Diego for 10 years and, um, I had my whole life there, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. And it was scary to say goodbye to all my friendships and my relationships out there and to put my stuff into storage and say, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know who I, who I will even be, but I know that this is no longer right for me. And so I think it's, definitely listening to what I'm being guided to do or where I'm being guided to go. Even if I don't necessarily know like every single step along the way, I'm just being shown step one. It's like listening and just trusting. And I've just throughout the past few months especially been shown over and over and over again that it's safe for me to trust myself that it's safe for all of us to trust ourselves and um even if we don't fully know what the path ahead looks like if we're being guided to go somewhere or to do something there's a reason for it and follow it trust it listen i love that and i mean how would you encourage the listeners to feel more abundant and to ease the chaos in their own attic Mm, well definitely meditation and breath work to ease the chaos for (laughs) sure um as far as feeling more abundant i think again it comes back to again the the question of like how how can i feel more abundant you know there's so many ways to feel abundant you could go step outside and spend some time in nature and like be immersed in the trees and the beauty of nature. You could 
open up your closet and say, you know what, I might not like any of the clothes that I have in here, but damn, I've got a lot of clothes and that's abundant. It could be looking at your bank account and saying, yeah, you know what, I, I know that I'm worthy of and, and, and I desire to have this much money in my bank account, but I'm really grateful for every single penny that's here right now. Um, it could be positive affirmation. It could be prayer. You know, there's so many different ways to tap into a feeling and sensation of abundance. And so what I would invite listeners to do is if being in more of an abundant state is your goal ask yourself and like put your hand on your heart on a daily basis in the morning and just ask yourself what can i do today to feel really abundant and then again listen to the guidance that you receive um well you just said doing that in the morning and i want to ask um are there any daily practices that are just non-negotiables for you that you just that really help you stay centered yeah, breath, meditation, um, journaling. I have a journaling practice that I do every morning, um, just asking for what I desire and writing out a little prayer. Um, outside of that, I keep it pretty simple. I used to have a million different things that I did, but it ended up being more of a crutch that if I didn't check off every single item on my to-do list, I would say that the whole day was shot and then it would just mess with the rest of my day. So now it's just meditate, breathe, journal if it feels good to journal, drink a nice warm drink, whether it's matcha or coffee, and um, ask to be shown what comes next, what to do for my day. It's very it's very flowy at this point, especially traveling so much. Um, but I think it's the simple things that make the biggest difference. We don't have to have a million things on our to-do list to feel good. It can just be one or two things that get us to that state. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, any, do you have any, I guess, last messages or downloads that you want to share? I do want to say if you do have time after this for a quick rapid fire, that would be great. But if, but before that, would you have any, I guess, like anything that has come sprung to mind, whether it's during this conversation or in your day or this week, whenever that you feel the need to share? Yeah, I think just the biggest thing that's coming up right now is like we obviously touched on a lot of different topics. So if anyone's listening, take what resonates, leave the rest. Like I'm not offended if there were pieces of this that you're like, I don't agree with that. And that there were pieces of this where you were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm also not offended if you're like this conversation was nothing and it didn't add any value to my life. That's okay for me as well too. Um, I think it can be really easy in this world to be overwhelmed by information and feel like we have to completely upheave our lives in order to be a certain way and we all have such unique and individual paths and so take what resonates leave the rest and um regardless of what resonates and what what doesn't resonate i'm super grateful to be here with you i'm super grateful to have had the time and the ears of all of your listeners and um yeah let's jump into some rapid fire okay that's great um do you know your sun moon and rising sign Yes, I'm a doozy. Scorpio sun, Leo moon, Aries rising. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> do you feel like that really like, do, do I get rest- Intense, rest- yes. Yeah? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I love that. Um, yeah, do you have too. a <laughs> Do you have a favorite book or just a general book recommendation? Um, yes, the Radiant Sutras. Um, is a beautiful, beautiful book translated um, Sanskrit, and I meditate with it. I don't have it with me right now, but 
it's in storage, unfortunately. Um, but I would meditate with different passages every single day. And it's just the most beautiful poetry, really. And um, I think anybody that's interested in spirituality and um, Hinduism and, and being able to dive deeper into like yogic practices, um, the Radiant Sutras is a really incredible read. It's really funny that you brought that book up because it's in my Amazon um, cart. I just have it. Oh, purchased get it. It. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Um, do you have a random piece of advice or a tip, a life hack, just anything? Oh, what's coming up? Life hack. Um... There's so many in the world. There's so many. Yeah. Um, I would say yes. So a life hack, this is perfect. A life hack for getting out of, this is, it's very simple. Life hack for getting out of any chaotic situation where you feel like you are about to explode on somebody is to take a step away, to go outside or remove yourself from the situation take three deep breaths and ask yourself, how can I see this differently before you go back and deal with that person or that thing or that experience? Wow, I love that. It's a great life hack. And yeah, I, I thought that that could have gone anywhere, but yeah, I really liked that, that tip. <laughs> it really could have. I was like trying to think of like weird life hacks. Yeah. And I'm like, nothing's coming to mind right now. Um, mountain or sea? Uh, sea. For okay. sure. Not being on the sea. I like surfing. So I like being on the beach and then being like in, in the, the first couple, like 10, 20 to, yards yeah. of the ocean, but not being out at sea. I'd rather be on a mountain than okay. be out at sea. Yeah. Um, a quote to live by. Mm, start where you are, do what you can, use the tools that you have. Oh, I like that. Um, do you have a favorite animal or a spirit animal? Yes, my favorite animal is, well, it's my dog, Penny. She's my favorite. Um, <laughs> but as far as like more of like a spirit animal goes, um, the like a black panther or jaguar. Ooh, that I've never heard anyone say a black panther before, but I, yeah, that's wow. Yeah, I've had a black jaguar visit me in many many dreams over oh. the past few months and it's always been like this really like divine mystical energy so I, I definitely pay attention when I when I see any jaguars or panthers do you know the symbolism behind that um I probably looked it up I think it's some sort of like mysticism like okay. yeah and magic I'm like I get a lot of shark dreams and I know that's not the greatest symbolism yeah. I'm just like you're yeah. like, I'm never going in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite food? Mm, I, well, this is going to, my favorite food, my favorite dish, my dad used to make for me, I'm Austrian. Um, my dad used to make for me is schnitzel and it's um, like breaded veal with potatoes and 
uh, German cucumber salad and um, caramelized carrots and like a cabbage, a red cabbage uh, slaw. And it's so good. And I feel like I shouldn't have said that I eat baby or baby cow, but it's just delicious. Um, yeah. It's my favorite meal and it's very nostalgic for me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it brings up nostalgia. That's yeah, why. exactly. <laughs> um, what is one thing you would add to the world and one thing you would take away? Oh, I love that. Um, add to the world accessibility of breath, for sure, to every single person on this planet. Take away... Um, I think I'm trying to figure out a, a fast way to say this. I think I, what I would want to take away is our inability to see other perspectives compassionately and from a place of compassion and empathy and just the separation that we see in today's day and age that's just creating more and more anger and fear yeah yeah i agree with that um well this was just such a great conversation and i really enjoyed every minute of it you are just such a joy and such a light and i really appreciated your time with me um do you can you share where everyone can find you connect with you and work with you yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, my Instagram is at Ava Johanna, A-V-A-J-O-H-A-N-N-A. Um, my website is avajohanna.com, or if you're interested in the Academy of Breath, it's academyofbreath.org. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to just send me a DM on Instagram. I love chatting there. That's kind of the best way to reach me. And um, yeah, thank you as well for your time. Thank you. The recording really, has stopped. I really, really do appreciate your time, and I really enjoyed this conversation. I yeah, got, me too. I felt very inspired throughout it all, and yeah, oh. thank you. Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you found something enlightening or inspiring in it, as I'm sure you did. If you want to work or connect with Ava, all of her information is always going to be, any of my guests, is always going to be linked down in the show notes. And if you want to connect with me, all my information is always linked down in the show notes. And if you did find something inspiring or inspirational from this episode, I would love for you to share it in your story, tag me in it, tag Ava in it, and subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, because that would truly support me and help me bring on more guests like Ava onto this show so thank you so much to your precious ears for listening and goodbye.